Book Two, Chapter Fifteen of Red Masquerade. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Terry Dow. Red Masquerade by Louis Joseph Vance. Book Two, The Lone Wolf's Daughter. Chapter Fifteen, Intuition. She had not thought, of course, of going down to dinner. She had, instead, sent Victor word simply that she begged to be excused from joining him for that meal. Then, unable longer to endure Chow Nu's efforts to comfort or distract her, Sophia had stepped out of her street frock and into a negligee, and, dismissing the maid, returned to the chaise long upon which, in vain hope of being able to cry out the wretchedness of her heart, she had thrown herself on first gaining the sanctuary of her room. For hours, she did not guess how many, she scarcely stirred. Neither was the blessed boon of tears granted unto her. Alone with her immense and immitigable misery, she lay in darkness tempered only by the dim sky-shine that filtered through the window draperies, hating life that had no mercy, hating the duplicity that had led Carslake into making untrue love to her, but inexplicably not hating Carslake himself, or the enshrined image that wore his name, hating herself for her facile readiness to give love where all but the guise of love was lacking, and for knowing this deep hurt where she should have felt only scorn and anger, but hating most of all, or rather for the first time discovering how well she hated him to whom unerring intuition told her she owed this brimming measure of heartbreak and humiliation the man who called himself her father for if carslake had done her a cruel wrong in winning her avowal of the love that had been growing in her heart these many weeks while he was merely amusing himself or serving a secret purpose whose was the initial blame for that who had egged Carslake on, as he had asserted, to win her confidence, leaving to him the choice of means to that end? And why? The formulation of this question marked the turning point in Sophia's descent toward the nadir of shame and anguish. From the moment its significance was clearly apprehended, but it took her long to reach this stage, the complexion of her thoughts took on another color and the smart of chagrin was soothed even as the irritation excited by critical examination of victor's conduct grew more acute why should the self-styled author of her being have thought it necessary or even wise or kind to commission a paid employee to win his daughter's confidence what had rendered the conquest of her confidence so needful in his sight what had made him think Sophia would prove loath to resign it to him, or, more likely, to give it to another? Why had Victor hesitated to bid for her confidence with his own tongue, on his own merits? One would think that, if he were her father, if, was he? Sophia sat up sharply, her young body as taut as her temper pulses and breathing quickened intent eyes probed the shadows as if she thought to wrest from them a clue to the mystery of her status in the household of victor vasilievsky what proof had she that he was her father 
none but his word well and carslake's none that would stand the test of scepticism none that either sentiment nor reason could offer and support certainly she resembled prince victor in no respect that she could think of not in person not in mould of character not in ways of thought from the very first she had been perplexed and indeed saddened by her failure her sheer inability to react emotionally to their alleged relationship and surely there must exist between parent and child some sort of spiritual bond or affinity something to draw them together even if neither had never known the other whereas she on her part had never been conscious of any sense of sympathy with victor but only of timidity and reluctance which had latterly manifested into unquestionable aversion and then there was his attitude toward her raising a question so repugnant to her understanding that never before to-night had sophia admitted its existence and given it freedom of her thoughts she had seen men in the cafe des exiles toast their mistresses with such looks as victor vasilievsky reserved for the girl whom he claimed as his child what then if he were not her father what if he had only pretended to paternal rights in furtherance of some deep scheme of his perhaps thinking to use her as a pawn in that dark plot which he was for ever brewing in his study with canaille like sturm for collaborators that mysterious research work that flavoured the atmosphere of the house with the miasmic reek of intrigue stealth and fear perhaps more simply and terribly designing in his own time and way to avenge himself upon the daughter for the admitted slights he had suffered at the hands of the mother that poor dead woman whose fame he never ceased to blacken while still her memory was potent to kindle fires in those eyes otherwise so opaque impenetrable and lightless now sophia found herself unable to sit still only through action of some sort could she hope to win any measure of ease for brain and nerves a thought was shaping claiming precedence over all others the thought of flight bred of the feeling that as long as she remained in ignorance of the exact truth concerning their relationship it was impossible for her to remain longer under victor's roof eating his bread and salt schooling herself to suffer his endearments whose good faith she could not help challenging who inspired in her only antipathy fear and distrust it seemed clear beyond dispute that she must leave his protection this very night before he could guess her mind and move to check her sophia swung her feet down to the floor one of her silken mules had fallen off semi-consciously she groped for it with stockinged toes as the inanimate will the mule eluded recapture with impish ease but beneath her foot something rustled and crackled lightly she bent over and picked it up a square white envelope sealed switching on a lamp near by she examined her find it carried no address how could it have got there she could not imagine unless chow nu had dropped it by inadvertence which seemed as far-fetched as to suppose she had left it there by design for that would mean chow nu had been bribed to convey a surreptitious note to her mistress and sophia knew that the chinese girl 
was at once too loyal to her second uncle and too much in awe of number one to be corruptible none the less there the envelope was and nobody but chow nu had entered the room since sophia had come straight from the study to it late in the afternoon it was just possible however sophia's eyes measured the distance that a deft hand and a strong wrist might have slipped the envelope under the door and sent it skimming across the floor to the foot of the chaise longue but nobody would have dared do that without a powerful motive for wishing to communicate secretly with sophia she tore the flap and withdrew a single sheet of note-paper penned in a hand she knew too well her heart leapt i implore you of your charity do not condemn me without a hearing because of anything you may have overheard me say after you left us in the study i saw his eyes watching the door while we talked and knew from his look that something to please him had happened behind my back and in the temper he was in only one thing could possibly have pleased him i said what i said to him dear because i had to or lose the right dearer to me than life to be near you to serve and protect you i lied to him because i loved you but i have never lied to you about my love and only once through necessity about anything else perhaps you can guess what that lie was somehow i rather think you do at least i am sure you are beginning to wonder if i told the truth or knew it then if this sounds cryptic i can only beg you to be patient and charitable until i find opportunity to clear away this one lie which stands between us and which is by comparison almost immaterial since all that matters is the one great truth in my life that i love you beyond all telling r k if questions trouble your mind i beg you do not let him know it your only safety now lies in his continuing to believe that you are unsuspicious above all do your best to seem to fall in with his wishes however strange or unreasonable they may seem it will be only a few days more before i can claim you for my own and laugh at his pretensions a curious love-letter yet it was sophia's first if it made her thoughtful it made her illogically happy as well if it put the issue to her squarely of loyalty to prince victor or loyalty to carslake she was unaware that she had any choice of courses when shaikh tsin thumped on the panels of her door she crushed the note into the bosom of her negligee before answering when one is of an age to love it is never the parent who gets the benefit of a doubt End of book two, chapter fifteen.